Can you talk the talk? I'm Kelly Wilkness here with Anita Joyce, and this is Decorating Tips and Tricks, episode 338. You can find the show notes for today's episode at decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash 338. So, decorator lingo to know. Knowledge is power, and you're going to get the scoop from us on various terms that you may have heard, maybe you will hear in the future, and maybe ones that you kind of not 100% sure what they mean. Yeah, I loved going through a list of all of these terms, and I found a few that I didn't know. So I think it's a good day when I learn something. I love learning. Yeah. So, and you know, it's not a completely all in, totally comprehensive list, but these are a few that jumped out at us that we thought, you know, could, could, you know, deserve a little going over. Uh, some you may know. And if there are others that you have questions about or ones that you would like us to add to the list to share with the others, certainly shoot me an email, shoot us an email and let us know. And maybe we'll do even a part two because there's certainly a lot of terms to cover in the decorating world. Um, Anita, you want to kick us off? Well, of course, I'm going to start with the word bespoke. That's Which, a great word. Because we do have yeah. our store, on, our online store is bespokedecor.store. So I thought that would be a great place to start. Bespoke means something custom made, especially for you. And it is a term that is used much more often in the UK than it is in the US, but it is used quite often there. And it's such a beautiful word. That's why we chose it for our store. It is a beautiful word. And it, and it definitely evokes a certain level of quality and customization. And so it's a, it's a really beautiful term. And if, if that is applied to products that you're purchasing, uh, you know, you, you can really rest assured that, um, you know, they're really well done and well-made with you in mind. Uh, my first one is piping or welting. They can be used interchangeably, and that is the trim on a sofa or chair or a pillow. So it's a fabric-covered cord, and it is attached you know, inside the seam. Um, I guess it might be uh, sort of geographical where people use the term. I always knew from the East Coast it to be welting. I've also heard people use the term piping. Um, but you, you get the cord that goes inside the fabric and the fabric gets wrapped around. It can be a self-welt, which is a combined word, which means it is the same fabric as the the main fabric. So say if it's a pillow and the main pillow is uh, you know some sort of floral print, if it had to self-welt, the welting would be in that same floral pattern. Uh, if it's a contrasting welt, then you might have a solid or something like that. I have made so many self-welt. What did you call it? Self-welting? Yes. I call it piping, but I have made so much custom piping for pillows, slip covers, so many things that I've made. So I feel like I'm so familiar with piping. I feel like I know maybe a little too much about it. I've made a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah. one that's near and dear to my heart. 
how about the word eclectic, which is a marriage of various design aesthetics? And we do use that term a lot, and it does uh, refer to these disparate styles that you bring together for a beautiful look. And I am going to go into a piece of furniture, a settee. Now, a settee is sort of a cross between a bench and a sofa. It's narrower and smaller uh, than a love seat. So not to be confused with a love seat. And I was actually thinking about the one that I always refer to. I think I call it a settee more often uh, in my dining room. That's probably more like a love seat. Uh, A settee seems to me also to have uh, I guess straighter back. It seems like a little bit less comfortable, maybe at least visually, than a love seat or a sofa. And often it's used in an entryway. It's a smaller piece of furniture. Yes, well said. Feng shui is the concept of crafting a welcoming, functioning space with good energy. So yeah, that is a term you will hear a lot bandied about. Yes. And we, I think, are going to do an episode on that, or at least I think we should. I don't know if we've discussed it, but I think that that is worth uh, a deep dive for sure, because I think people have some misconceptions about what that is all about. Um, Kiln, a boho favorite. It's a Turkish rug that's flat woven, often with geometric designs. It should be hand loomed. I'm sure there are ones that are mass produced now, but even the mass produced ones they have this sense of being hand-loomed because they kind of may leave them a little asymmetrical, maybe a little fringy, something like that. They have an organic quality to them. Layered, building interest through various levels of elements. And we talk about that a lot, of having lots of textures and fabrics and patterns layered on top of each other. So this is a lot This layers is not just things that you would put maybe on a bed, but layers of accessories and things in a room. Grass cloth. This has come up before and maybe people heard it and weren't 100% sure. Literally, it is a fine cloth resembling linen woven from grass or vegetable fibers. Uh, But we know it uh, more traditionally in the decorating sense as wallpaper. Sometimes grass cloth is used in furniture, but I would think that it would probably not be very durable. Uh, But we see it most often applied to the walls. The term tailored uh, applies to something that has clean lines and that holds up to the test of time and it is not fussy. So just very simplistic and not a lot of curves. It tends to be very simplistic. A wingback chair. Wingback is a chair that has a high back and angled panels that join the armrests. They can be different kinds of wings, if you will. They can be butterflies or they can come further in. But it's generally a chair that has those side panels. Often you could uh, would see them maybe pulled up to the fireside in you know, an English estate or something like that. Uh, definitely a cozy feel and very traditional. And I believe the original thought was to protect the the person that was sitting in the chair to protect their face from the heat of the fireplace. So that was the original. Oh, isn't that so? Isn't that funny that the image that I conjured up when I thought in my head, like I think of wing chair, and pulled up to the fire, and that is what you think it was for. That's so great. Yes, well, back in the day, long time before, yeah, way yeah. before uh, central heat. Collected describes a space that is filled with unique pieces that have been acquired over time and pulled together. 
by far my favorite look. Right. Versus the matchy matchy look. Right. Really, everyone should be striving, I think, for that collected look, no matter really what you style. Because again, it's one of those looks or decor ideas that transcends really all styles and times, don't you think? Because you can have a collected look that's collected, but you tend to mid-century, or you can have a collected look and you can tend to eclectic. You might think that's almost redundant, eclectic and collected, No, I hard think to say together, means, but it's Right. Not. It means that it works well together, but it doesn't match 100%. Right. But that's kind of like when people say, I think of eclectic, they're like, oh yeah, it's all different, but and, you know, hopefully it does work together. Different styles, not things collected uh, over time. Right. To me, so those are two different things. So. Right. Right. That, I agree with you, but that, so that's what I was making that distinction. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's definitely over a period of time, mm-hmm. this is not the big run. To but it can good. be the same style. So that yes. is something different. Right. Um, toile, a French word that actually means linen, cloth, or canvas. And it ref- actually refers to a village where this came from. Toile de Jouy. I'm sure I probably just butchered yeah, Well, it is. That it's village. toile de Jouy. I, I don't do the French pronunciation, but that's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and it has figurative pattern and usually a traditional pattern pastoral bucolic type scenes it's very iconic i mean you if you know twall you know it when you see it from a mile away um and usually comes in reds and blues and blacks but you know we've definitely seen it in the pinks and the lavenders and there's a a lot of different varieties of twalls but it's it definitely has these figures on it that look like they are frolicking in the french countryside <laughs> sometimes it has just two colors and sometimes it has several. So it can be done either way. An edited room is one that's well thought out and things that don't work are removed. So edited, I would say, is the opposite of cluttered. Oh, yeah. Versus minimalist. To me, that's something entirely different. Right. Um, you know what I'm seeing a lot of in various places and I did, really didn't know what it was. Um mud cloth. And, you know, if you pop onto the West Elms site and a few other sites, maybe, um, what was that? Uh, citizenry, places like that, you will see mud cloth mentioned. And, you know, it's definitely uh, a look that once you've seen it, you're like, oh yeah, I get it. But I didn't really know what it was specifically like what makes it mud again it's kind of a boho look it's african mud cloth textiles uh often in pillows so is oh it's on pillows then okay or it could be rugs you know does it look like mud well it's a plain fabric woven together and sun-dried after being painted with fermented mud and i kid you not that's the definition wow Wow. It's not sounding appealing to me right now. No. So what I'm thinking is that the mud cloth pillows and things that they are selling at West Elm, they're not, they can't really be made from mud, right? It's probably like paint, but it looks like our traditional mud cloth decoration, you know, like it, maybe somewhere in a village in Africa, that's how it was done. I'm guessing. I mean, maybe there's real mud, but oh, I don't yeah. think so. That's interesting. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Whimsical means that there's a sense of humor or some childlike 
element to the design. It's it's an element of fun and not to be meant not meant to be taken seriously. Yeah, and I mean it shouldn't just be confined to a children's room either. You know, I mean you can have some fun even a very in a very traditional room. You know, like you've seen like busts and somebody'll put a straw hat on them or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I love not, that. Yeah. I mean it's kind of like just to take the irreverent edge off it a little might bit. be a different yes, way to irreverent. describe it. That's fun. I like that. It's meant to be fun. There you go. There you go. Little little touch of whimsy. It's good in every room. Um, ambient light. So it's uh, using the natural existing light inherent to the room. Uh, you know, I mean, you should have that in addition to uh, three other sources of light in each room. Clean means linear and uncluttered a style that really doesn't have any frills or ruffles or any kind of extra details. Now, contemporary style or look or design, that is sometimes confused with modern. So contemporary is of this time. So kind of think about it like uh, if you use the phrase, my contemporaries, you know, like my friends, like they are my friends currently now in my life. So that's how I try to, in my mind, separate contemporary style from modern style. Modern style is of a certain time frame, like think Mad Men, uh, whereas contemporary is just sort of what's happening now. And frankly, in the design scene now, so many things are of the moment, right, of this time. You know, I, I think in the past, tell me if you agree with this or not, Anita, like there was a certain look and like kind of everybody was doing it. I mean, I guess now, um, five or so years ago when the farmhouse was so, so hot and kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, just everybody, they nobody could get enough of it. And I'm sure there were some people that didn't like it at all, but most people bought into the whole farmhouse, like hook, line and, you know, galvanized basket, you know, kind of thing. Like they went for it. So maybe that would define, that would be the contemporary style if you thought of 2015 or something like that. I wouldn't call farmhouse contemporary though. No, but that, but that's what I'm saying. Contemporary is not modern. Contemporary is of this time. It's what's now. So like what is now? Mm, yeah. Because it's not – modern design is – It know, may mean that on paper, but I don't think of farmhouse as being contemporary. I don't – maybe that was a bad example. Maybe it's more of the design that's popular. Yeah, that's it's kind of – but it's the newer, new design, not some, anything that harkens to the past. And I feel like the farmhouse harkens to the past. Okay. I don't know. That's a tough one That's to describe. One. Okay. Okay. So I think I'm just like, I can't put my finger on now what would be considered of this time. So I think we're agreeing because you're saying <laughs> like, you don't think farmhouse is contemporary because it well, harkens to the past, I but would like s- what is of this time? But, because we all seem to like a lot of different things. But I would say it is something that's not traditional. I would say contemporary is not traditional. If it's at, in the condi- uh, traditional bucket, I would say it's not, but that's my interpretation and I could be wrong, but that's okay. not the way I see it. Okay. 
So we'll move on. Okay. And that's a very interesting conversation though. Does if anybody wants to ring in on this? Like yeah. you know, if you when we when someone looks back to now, say, you know, the last take this 2000 to 2020 into the future. Like, you know, when we look back on the 70s, we have an idea of what was popular. Sure, everybody wasn't doing that, but like a certain look comes to mind, right? You go, you think back to the 50s, a certain look comes to mind, the 60s, right? The 80s even, like, but what are people going to think of when it's 2000, when it's 2050 and they look back to now? That's, That's a good question. That's mm-hmm. a good burning That's question. That's like you don't know what American is until you leave America. Then you go, oh, that's an American thing. But when you're just an American, you never leave the country. You don't know what that is. <laughs> wow. So we don't We're going know. deep here. Well, whatever. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. Okay. So uh, I forget whose turn it was. It, it was mine. <laughs> okay. Curated. And I see curated as being very similar to edited. You're carefully edited means you're pulling things out, but curated means you're carefully selecting what goes in. So they're rather similar. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like that ingress and egress part of it. Uh, Focal point. It's an item that draws your interest or your eye. And this is such an important thing to understand. And it might not always be the most obvious thing in the room. Oftentimes it is like a fireplace or something like that, but you can really create a focal point of in, in a, on a blank canvas room, you know, a square room that has nothing going on. You could designate what your focal point is going to be, the way you um, arrange the furniture around it, uh, the way it's highlighted, the what color it is, all these things. So a focal point is really important. And if it is something that is unattractive, like some of our listeners were not happy with their brick fireplace or something in their room, and but it was this big focal point, you know, that would be something you'd want to focus on changing uh, because it's hard to decorate around well around a focal point that that isn't beautiful and that you don't love because then you're making design decisions around something that you don't really like and that's always a bad idea don't you just love a great recommendation from a friend well we're delighted to be recommending these companies and their wonderful products to you today and let them know your friends at DTT sent you The next term I have is armoire, which is a French term for one of the large cabinets that were, these cabinets were used to store clothing. So there were not originally shelves in them. A lot of times, if you go to an antique store, you will find an armoire with shelves, but trust me, those shelves were added later because this is where they hung their clothes. And in the 1800s, people did not have large wardrobes that we have now. And when I say wardrobe, I mean the amount of clothes that we have now. So they didn't need as much space to store their three dresses that they owned. So these were big enough to handle everything. Yeah, so they became popular in the late 17th century, uh, and they're popular today. For us people that collect antiques. Uh, Newell post. So that is the post at the base of your staircase. Uh, This can be very ornate or very simple if you have a spec house that a builder put together. They may have just used something very utilitarian in design and not too interesting, but that is something you can change out. 
Uh, both Anita and I have done that. I, I believe she's done that in her current home. I did it in a former home and it makes such a difference. How about a banquette, which is a long bench or an upholstered seat that's normally in a dining area, normally more often seen in a kitchen. Uh, it's built in typically. And I think they're getting to be popular again. I wanted a banquette so badly when we moved into this house. And I was really trying to make it work where that hutches in my kitchen. It was just too small of a space. I mean, you really do need – It's. A, I think it's a wonderful way to have your casual dining for your family. But you definitely need a pretty big space because if you think about it, you have to have the back of it. And for it to be comfortable, even if it's not uh, upholstered itself, you're probably going to want to have pillows back there. It's a. I think it's a great idea. Have you ever had one in your house? No, no. And I think the whole point was that it was not supposed to take up as much space as chairs, but I guess sometimes it does. Well, I, I think like yeah, because you're not pulling the chairs out and all that stuff. So, you may, but you have to have sort of a space designated for it, like a cutout or an area where it's kind of off. Because you can't put a bank out like in the middle of the room, right? It has to be up against the wall. Oh, of course. And I love the idea, but I've never gone that direction because it's so inflexible. Yeah. You're really stuck with the table. And then if you have the light in the center of the room, now it's off center. You've got to move the light fixture over to be above the table. So that's a tough one, making that work. Mm-hmm. Well, Art Deco is a decorative design, and it originated in Paris in the 1920s, uh, and it was popular through the 40s. It's considered a lavish, eclectic form, and elegant and stylish modernism, and it was influenced by Cubism and Futurism. Uh, and you'll it's hard to describe it, but you'd know it when you see it, <laughs> because it's a very unique style, and it has the... I don't know. It just says 1930s when you say it really does. And that's really not, I I think when we did our styles, you know, one of the popular episodes that you just recounted, um, we included Art Deco as a style and a look and we went into it a little bit, but if you don't really see anyone embracing that one so much, I mean, it's very rare, isn't it? No, I haven't seen anybody who's using much of that. It I re- just remember it in my grandma's house. I see it out when I'm looking for antiques. I keep going. <laughs> but I walk past it. <laughs> right. I see it a lot. I see it a lot around. Do you really? I just keep walking. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's dumping it. <laughs> I, I know my grandmother probably had, she had like a dresser with a big round mirror and then kind of like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know. Oh, maybe yeah. It was walnut or something like the vanity. Yes. The vanity. And it was big and rounded. And yes. Kind of imposing. Rounded edges. And it had the, right. oh, my grandma had the vanity too. I, they must have all had them. I did think it was super cool, but because I thought my grandma was so super cool. Well, yeah, when I was a kid. But it was I would, really it's, cool. I think it's a very hard look to decorate with. It's right, right. It's exactly. Yeah, I, that would be a tough one. What's yours? Okay, here's one that I have really learned to embrace. Um, wabi-sabi. It's a Japanese word, and it's really a belief that embraces the art of transcendence. 
Aesthetically, this translates to an embrace of imperfections and organic materials. So, you know, I've heard people say it often and I really didn't know what it was. And in fact, a friend of mine who is really into feng shui, she uses this term a lot. And it's it's nice because it, it's it's the sort of beauty in imperfection. So if it's a little wabi-sabi, you know, that's okay. Is something a little crooked or it's not exactly perfect or there's a little crack in something, just embrace it. It's totally my style. I not a perfectionist. You say that, but when 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 but your everything that you do is beautiful. Well, you're so sweet to say that. But I have readers say, "Could you just straighten that picture? It's driving me nuts." <laughs> I guess maybe I'm a little too wabi-sabi. <laughs> you're so wabi-sabi, you don't see it. I'm the wabi and you're the sabi. And we just think it's all really yeah, pretty. Exactly. You're like, oh, it's fun. And they're like, straighten those candlesticks to driving me nuts. No, but, but I'm like a crazy straightener. I am. I come from a line, long line of straighteners and I am a straightener. Um, and I see you as a straightener, but you don't Oh, I'm see definitely, you well, I'm a straightener. straightener. Oh, I'm a straightener, but I don't, I, like, I like the house neat and tidy, but I'm not worried about the candlesticks being 100% straight. And I don't notice the picture frames that tilt sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I don't like, I cannot stand clutter. So yeah, my house is always picked up. Right. So yeah, I'm a straightener, not so much on the cleaning, but I like a clean house. I appreciate it. Yes. Yes. But I think it's all that also that uh, we really like that old world look and old world look, even though this is a Japanese word, it's kind of like the same thing. It's, you know, it's going to be a rumpled linen sheet and it's going to be maybe a candle that has a little wax dripping out, but that adds to the whole look. Yeah, right. And if you are going to be bothered by a scratch or a nick or a dent or a chip. Don't look too close in my house. (laughs) Don't look too close. But also antiques are probably not for you because that's the joy of collecting antiques, which brings me to the next word, Mm, nice, which is patina. Ah. And patina is something that shows wear. I think of patina as maybe a verdigree, that green color. Uh, from copper turns as it oxidizes, but also it refers to the look of older furniture. So a patina means something that's been aged over time. Yeah. And really, you know, initially that term was defining the way metal ages, right? Like you're saying, like, you know, the Statue of Liberty turning green and all of that, mm-hmm. but right. but designers use the term and we use it a lot. Um to just really characterize anything that has weathered, whether it's through actually weather or the ages and things like that, just getting to this desirable condition of imperfection. Yeah, and I said copper, but I think it's bronze that turns the green. I think I may have spoken. Yeah, I don't know what she's made of. No, I think copper does too, doesn't does it? it? Like okay. if you have a copper penny, some old one, sometimes they look green. Okay, okay. I know you had another one you wanted to do, Demi Loon. Demi Loon, that's right. That is a table that is flat on the back and rounded on the front. And this is a style typical of Gustavian furniture. And I love Demi Loon tables. Don't you love a beautiful Demi Loon? Who who doesn't, actually? <laughs> uh, no, and they're really useful, too. I mean, they're nice in an entry. I mean, you can have them looning or not looning, you know, they're just really pretty. Boy, I have one in my, in the back seat of my car right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. How did that get there? I don't know. <laughs> what happened? Just driving down the road one day. Um, okay, so I, this is one that's off the cuff. Uh, I don't have it in my notes, but it made okay. me think of it when you were talking about tables. Are we winding down? Well, I, no, I just thought of this one, but we can okay. wind down. We have a good listener question and stuff. Okay. Um, an Irish waking table. People may have heard of that term. I mean, that's, you know, definitely if you like antiques, but it. Does that have I've, to do with something buddy de- being dead? Well, yes, of course. Oh, of course it does. Because I, in Ireland, they used to wake the people at home and they would have them on the table, you know, and wake the, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wake the people at home. Not what? wake. These people oh, are not being waked up. A, These people are, have passed Having away. the wake. So having, having the, wake, the right. The, and the, the people would come and, you know, mm-hmm. being Roman Catholic, they're going to come and they're going to look and the people are going to be there and they would have the people on this table. I don't, they're long, narrow tables. And I had, when I had first heard that term, I wasn't really sure what that meant, but it's really the shape. And then of the, you bought one and then you freaked out. Well, there's like, some that are, you know, <laughs> supposedly really are, you know, are antiques and, and had been used for that purpose. But I guess, you know, anybody's kitchen table at that time, I guess, could have Did been used for that. Did you buy a kitchen table that size just on the off chance someone was going to die? Or did you no, borrow no, Yeah, one exactly. Like, I'm kind of a little confused. Planning there. ahead. But um, if, <laughs> I've also seen the term used with regard to just tables that are shaped that way. Uh, and they might be reproductions. So I don't know if anybody's going to encounter that, but if you do, uh, if, it, if it matters to you, you might want to find out if it's an antique or <laughs> if it's a repro. Do you still have, do you still have family in Ireland? No, not that I know of. Okay. I mean, maybe. Probably. I have some family that came from there. We're probably related if you go back far enough. Well, I'm, sure <laughs> prob- I'm sure we probably are. The, the, yeah, the the overlap can't be a coincidence. <laughs> okay, yeah, so what are we going on? We got some okay. precious. Uh, shin- okay, one more chinoiserie oh. because I just love this one. It is a French term meaning Chinese-esque, and it is the uh, style or art or decoration reflecting Chinese design on, or motifs on furniture. And it's just really fun to say once you get it right. I know. I think I kind of mumbled that word for many a year. Uh, but yeah. now I think I feel confident that I can say it right. Yeah. What's your crush today? Oh, uh, my crush is the OverDrive app for your phone. And it works on Android and on an iPhone. The OverDrive app, I have been using OverDrive for probably 10 years at least. This is a great way to listen to audiobooks. And here's the best part. It's free. So OverDrive is the name of the app. The OverDrive is the name of the app. And the way it works is you're going to have to have a library card for your local library. Okay. And then once you link it, well, you have to see if your library is is works with OverDrive. But I have the Houston library, which is rather large. And so it works with my library. So I can borrow an audiobook online. So there's a, a book that I wanted and I said, I, if it's a popular book, I might have to wait till my turn, but then I get an email saying it's available and I download it directly to my phone. And when my borrow period is up, then the download is gone. But oh, it's then free. they just clear it off. So it lives in the app the whole time. Yes. Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. In the old days, it didn't actually delete. You had to do it yourself 
but now it's not no longer available after it's expired. Oh wow! But that's it's a great so way. So cool. Well, I don't have time to listen to them all right away anyway, so I just kind of put it on the wait list, and when it becomes available, I listen to it. Oh wow! Okay, and it's all free. It's all free because you're borrowing from your library. That's you can also buy, borrow ebooks, but I just do the audiobooks. Okay. And like I said, I've been listening to audiobooks this way, well, I say 10 years, probably more like 15 or even longer. In the old days, you did, you know, before smartphones, I used OverDrive on my, my computer. So, yeah, but it's been around for a while. Great that's, app. That's Check good, it out. That's a good tip. Okay. Remember, uh, Anita had talked about that um, cashew ice cream, and I mentioned this ice cream that I had bought, but I couldn't remember the name of it. Okay, so today that's my crush. It's Van Lewin, and it's V-A-N-L-E-E-U-W-E-N. And they're out of Brooklyn, New York. It is the most beautiful packaging, and it's the Earl Grey tea ice cream. Mm, And what's the milk made out of? Is it cashew milk, did you say? No, no, that was you. I'm real. I'm the real deal. Is this real milk? Uh, Yeah. It contains oh. milk, eggs, <laughs> made in a facility that processes tree nuts, dairy, wheat, and eggs. It's a whole thing. It's a real ice cream. Oh, it but sounds it's, wonderful. Um, now, it, the ingredients are cream, uh, milk, egg yolk, cane sugar, organic black tea, organic bergamot, and citrus. Or bergamot citrus, I should it say. It sounds delicious. Oh, it's so good. And the mm. thing is, I like to have a little something sweet after dinner, You know, whether it's a little piece of chocolate, something like that. We're still working our way through the little Easter egg, something like that. But all you need of this, I would I don't even know if I'd want a whole cone of it. Like just like a cup, like a little Dixie cup of it would be perfect. It's delicious. If you like Earl Grey, because that's a very distinctive flavor. And the packaging is so beautiful. It's that sort of that cross between periwinkle and blue that you love so much. Oh, you'll just want it for the container. Mm, mm. Well, I found some ice cream recently that was chai, so I'm sure this is delicious too. Oh, the, yeah, this is good. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the link straight away, and then we'll add it to the show notes. That sounds fantastic. So let's see. We have a question today. It's Michelle M. Michelle sent us a very lovely email. She loves everything that's going on in the podcast. She particularly loves Anita's decorating style. There's overlaps very much. Um, And she has a very beautiful antique print of a woman. Uh, She says it's called Voices of Fairyland. And it's kind of, it's a black and white. And it's like this kind of, she doesn't really look, she looks like a lovely, you know, almost like Greek goddess kind of, wouldn't you say, Anita? Like she's kind of like in Uh a, yeah, in a, in like a toga sort of thing. And she's in the, forest and she's kind of just very pretty um and it definitely has a vintage vibe to it and so michelle was asking yeah, us picture, about how to i mean this it. looks like something that was done around a 1910 or something would be my guess okay so what are, uh d- did you want to jump in there or you want me to did you finish with the question yeah, so she wants to know uh, how to frame it. it. It currently is in a rather ornate brown, dark brown frame with, a, I believe, like a, some sort of 
brownish matte? Uh, because this is a black and white, I would be not so interested in adding color with the matte. So I would probably go with a gray matte and then a black or a silver frame. Uh, because this was probably around, hmm, I'm going to guess, like I said, around 1910, I would probably go with more of an Edwardian style frame to match the look of the print. So I would probably go with something, you know, a little on the ornate side, but maybe something silver or black would be nice with this. I don't know that I would go with a wood frame, wood stain frame with this, but that's probably what was originally on it. Right. That's my thought. Right. What about you? I so agree with you. I would not do a colored mat. I would do some sort of could be dark gray, could be dove gray. I think black might be a little too much, but some sort of gray I thought would be really pretty. And then it's to go in Michelle's entryway and she has this kind of, would you call it like a balm chest there? You know, this could be also part of our decorating lingo. Would you, would you characterize that? Well, I'm not sure which chest is the, is the, is the foyer. So I'm not really sure. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not sure which chest is the foyer. I don't see a chest like, I don't think it, I don't think I would describe it that way. No. Okay. But I may be looking at the wrong thing. So go ahead. Okay. Well, it's rather ornate and it's brown. Mm -hmm. And then she has uh, two uh, lamps on either side of it. And that's where this painting or print is to hang. So I think I, because that's rather ornate. And then the print of the woman is, it's kind of, there's, yeah, it almost has like a Victorianish feel to it. You know, like there's yeah, a lot could going be Victorian. on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, even if it's not of that era, it has that feel to it. So I would kind of rough it up a little bit. Oh, okay. I, I think I would almost do like a weathered gray frame. Frame, okay. Yeah, I think I would juxtapose it with that, and I think that might be kind of cool because she's got these Texas hides going on. And I see in that one photo that I'm particularly looking at, um, she's got gray uh, kitchen cabinets in the background and that are kind of, well, they look great to me. They look like that weathered kind of material. Um, the The photo that I'm looking at, Anita, is the one where there's the the chest and then there's the cow hide on the floor and right now there's the a picture that says family on it i believe that's where michelle wants to hang this this lovely oh, okay there well first off i want to say michelle is from my neighborhood the houston heights yeah or she used to live here and now she's in stillwater oklahoma and the the room is beautiful and it's kind of a night it's a lovely mix yeah. of texas or oklahoma or both with beautiful antiques so she's done a wonderful wonderful job i wanted to make sure make sure michelle heard that it is a beautiful home yes it is stunning and i'm looking at this um piece of furniture and yeah no i would take that back i wouldn't call it a bomb that's how i was thinking about it in my and that would be bomb b o m b e uh and that's kind of like those bulbous kind of um chest or dressers shapes i would not call it that in my mind that's what it looked like this is very ornate and just very pretty there's a lot of curvy lines going on it's here. definitely an antique for yeah, sure definitely an antique and i think that i would juxtapose it with something very weathered uh, oh, okay. for the frame of this like a barnwood type of frame yeah almost like a weathered oh, gray okay. barnwood because can you yeah, see I think the you could- 
the cabinets, her kitchen cabinets in the background there. I don't there. think I saw the cabinets, but I, I think you could get away with that for sure. Yeah. I mean, the frame doesn't have to match. I, and the color is really uh, more my concern than even the style of the frame. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, she has uh, some, I guess that's a deer head, uh, antlers in the skull uh, in a uh, very ornate frame. So see, that's kind of yeah, a, it's the same an sort Oklahoma, of thing. You're right. yeah, or Texas theme. Yeah. Yeah. She's kind of got one of those, um, you would think of them as like a, a Georgia O'Keeffe skull and and antlers, right? Like I always think of Georgia O'Keeffe when I see those because she painted those inside a very ornate gilded frame that she, that Michelle, I think, uh, you know, she explained how she painted that and she did a very nice job. It's lovely. Yeah, and I like using the cowhides kind of mixed in. But, you know, I'm in Texas, so what can I say? That's your thing. So, yeah, I hope that helped, Michelle. And I hope everybody got um, some info on some decorating terms that you may not have known too much about or maybe never even heard before. So we thought that would be kind of a fun thing to go through today. Yeah, thanks, Michelle, for sending that in. This was so fun. I hope this was helpful. And I hope we covered some terms that maybe were new to you. And remember, we're here to inspire you to create a beautiful home. Until next time. to remind you that we are available for design consults. We take on your design dilemmas, questions, renovations, any project you want to talk about, any room, any space. We are here for you. And we really do enjoy doing these. And I think we've helped people a lot. So if you want to sign up for a consult, head to the link in the show notes. It's decoratingtipsandtricks.com slash consult. We hope to talk to you soon.